Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. Bart Scott, we got anything to talk about today or what? Man, we got a lot to – listen, it was so hard on, on Allen's heart that they couldn't get to double-digit wins that he said, you know what, I'm taking a day off. He's done. That was for heartache and pain. Finished. It's okay, Allen. They were fatigued. They were tired. Yeah, they but were. But the story of the day anyway is foosball. Foosball. Hey, man, it's, we got a lot of moving parts. And even though you think they're individual moves, they're kind of all connected. And we're here for you guys today, me and Dan, to connect the dots. So let's get dotting. Let's get dotting. It is a foosball day, as you said. We'll get to the Jet stuff with Aaron Rodgers. The trip went out to California. All was well. Now we'll see what comes of it. We'll try to connect the dots as far as that is concerned, as you said. But let's start with the football giants because, well, after you guys got off the air yesterday, that's when the news came down officially. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thank, thanks. Hey, hey, Joe Shane. Hey, thanks, buddy. Thanks for helping us out when we could have used the content. Anyway, we'll use the content today. Giants and Daniel Jones, they got a deal. It's done. It's official. It's four years. It's $160 million. He's getting $82 million in the first two years of the deal. 94 guaranteed at signing. That's the big number. That's what you want to digest. Forget about the 40 AAV. Who cares? Forget about the 160 Bart. He's not going to see $160 million unless he just completely outperforms the next few years. 94 at signing. And the beautiful thing about this is, is that in 2023 for the upcoming season, the cap hit is only $18.5 million. That gives the Giants a lot more flexibility to go out there and add around Daniel Jones, which ultimately is going to make him more successful. Well, when you look at it, and what we have to explain to the people is if they would have signed him to the franchise tag, it would have been at $32 million. And now because the way the contract is structured, you said his, tag, his, his cap hit is what, $28 million? Cap hit is only 18 and a half. Oh, 18, right? So yeah. you, look, you look at that, that saves them, what, 20... Uh, $24 million or $14 million or what it would have been. Uh, oddly enough, $14 million probably what it would take to get Saquon Barkley done. So for what they could have got for the price of the, the tag, they can essentially offer 14 to Saquon. We said we knew that they wanted uh, – they offered Saquon 12. He wanted something closer to 15. You think about coming from 12 and 15, somewhere in the middle, 13.5 with maybe some incentives for – uh, Saquon Barkley as well. So pretty much because you, you structured this deal, it allows you to get both players. And now that allows you to structure all the other people that you need to structure to be able to um, maybe go out and get a, a top-notch receiver. Not many receivers out there, especially if uh, Gabe Davis is going to be available. And you, you talk about you know maybe – I can't see OBJ coming back, but they'll be in the market for a big-time receiver to be able to try and put a weapon outside of uh, Daniel Jones to improve his offense and make it more potent. But that's why, look, we talked about this all along. When when you and I did those shows, did the whole week, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking yeah. about, you know, how the Giants should go about doing this. The ideal scenario played itself out this way. You get Jones on a contract so you don't have to franchise him, and you franchise Saquon if you have to, because that $18.5 million this year that's going to be the cap hit, remember, it would have been 32 and change if they right. used the franchise. Like, that's saving you $14 million. Bart, four, let, let's just take the 14 that you saved. Think of how many good players you can get for $14 million that are just going to help you this season alone. Yeah, I mean, they still got the dead money from Kenny Galladay, but now it's time to start having conversations with guys like Leonard Williams, and now you have to get prepared for free agency. So you need to go talk to a guy like Leonard Williams and say, hey, you know, we need to make you, uh, we need you to take this a pay cut. 
you know, maybe and maybe that allows you to go out and maybe even get a receiver, but also have conversations with um, Bradbury and maybe have a reunion and have and bring him back. You know, and, and let him play in the Wink Martindale system. As you know, he's not going to be retained with Philadelphia. Right. You, know, you got conversations that you need to start thinking about with Andrew Thomas, Dexter Lawrence. Um, so this just gives you flexibility to be able to see, okay, what don't we think we're going to get in the draft? What do we think we can get? As you can look around the league, there's some pretty good damn football players that's being cut. You look at uh, Donovan Smith the other day uh, being, being, being released from the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. is there in full rebuild mode. Looks like the, um, the Los, Los Angeles uh, Rams are in full, full rebuild mode. Now it's time for, for you to start, because you're financially uh, responsible, to start pillaging from other people's um, rosters. And you think about, okay, these guys you know, have made their money now they just want to win and they want to get like, – like when you get your second contract mm-hmm. like or your third contract, whatever contract you get when you're around 28, that's your big one, Yep. right? Everything after that, it's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll get supplemental pieces and do stuff like that. I mean, if you're the Giants, maybe you got an opportunity to go go talk to to Wagner to be able to bring him in to be the centerpiece of the defense. There you right? go. So now, now we're you, talking. So, and so Daniel Jones you know, allowed you to be able to do that. So now it's all about the redistribution of the funds. So, you know, the Giants, you know, need some, need some more personnel because they're a team that doesn't have a lot of good personnel. They can get better that way. And we want your calls, too, at 800-919-3776. Do you think the Giants did the right thing? Do you think this will benefit them down the road? You know, you mentioned the fact about the contract itself, the big deal, the big money. Let, let's rewind a little bit. Let's go back, I don't know, 14 months to January of 2022. Okay? Think about this. The two coaches that Daniel Jones had – in his career, both fired. The general manager that stuck his neck out to draft him sixth overall, fired. He had his fifth-year option declined, Bart, by the new regime that will ultimately be the ones to decide his fate. He was 10 games under five hundred as a starting quarterback. And how about this? I was floored when I read this last night. Daniel Jones becomes the first quarterback to sign an extension with his team that declined his fifth-year option. So if you add all of those things together, it is damn near miraculous that we're sitting here talking about the Giants and Daniel Jones coming to terms on a contract and an extension as rich as the one that they just gave him. Yeah, what you have to ask yourself, right? Look at what the market said. The market said that you know a decent quarterback makes about $37 million a year. We see that with Derek Carr. We see that slightly with Geno Smith. But the difference between... Daniel Jones and those guys is that he's only 25, 26 years old. So you, you, you would think that he still has the opportunity to get better. And you see that he was able to go in. And really what sealed the deal, I believe, for Daniel Jones is the fact when they went in up to Minnesota, a team that had won the division, he put that team on his back. And yeah. He had one of his best games despite what type of weapons he had. He did what he had to do with his legs. He did what he had to do with his arms. Now if you can, now it's up to Joe Shane. This is part one. Part one is getting a good deal that creates flexibility for them. Checkmate, right? The first, the first uh, domino was, was Dayball, proving that he, can, he, that he can make chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what. Mm-hmm. He did that. Now it's on Joe Shane to make sure that he can be, have a Joe Douglas type of draft where you look into their draft and say, man, they had four picks in the in, 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 in the draft, and all these guys contributed at a high level. Now you got to get young, cheap, productive pieces 
so you can start to kind of get out some of the bad contracts that you have. That Kenny Galladay, even though you let him go, it still hurts you. It's still sitting there. Sure. So you got you got to be able to try and get some of these bad contracts. The Leonard Williams contract, you got to try and get some relief there. But he's still a good player, and he's still a good locker room guy. But, you know, he has to take a break. I mean, he has to take a pay cut. You got to try and go. I mean, you're going to lose Slayton. You got to try and figure out how to get some studs at the receiver position because Brian Dayball, if he wants to mimic what he was able to accomplish, you know, out there in Buffalo, he's going to need pieces. That fifth-year option, think about this, okay, that the Giants declined before the season, which at the time it looked like a smart move. I think we all would have done that because through the first four years, I don't think Daniel Jones did anything – or the first three years, I should say. Daniel Jones didn't do anything necessarily to warrant, oh, that's a guy that I want on that fifth year for $22.5 million. So think about that. If they went ahead and picked up that fifth-year option – yeah. The cap hit for it for 2023, Bart, would have been about $4 million richer than what Daniel Jones is going to play on this year as far as the Giants' salary cap is concerned, and they gave him a lucrative extension. Like, it's it's just, yeah. you couldn't have planned this any better if you're the Giants. And again, credit to Daniel Jones, because if he didn't go out there and play good football this year and take him to the playoffs, win a playoff game, then we're not having this conversation right now. Yeah, we're not. We're talking about uh, Jimmy G or they would have been in the market right. for Derek Carr, one of those pieces as well. And, you know, what you have to you know look at now is, you know, where does, where does this team go? And, you know, how are they going to build this roster around Daniel Jones? But Daniel Jones did his part. And now let's see what he, Daniel Jones can do with real pieces. And let's see what the Saquon Barkley deal is all about because you hope that you can get that same type of deal four to five years with, with him. But we all know that this is a two-year deal for Daniel Jones. That's why it's a short deal. Amen. This is pretty much exactly the same scenario that, you know, Dak Prescott finds himself in. Dak Prescott wanted a short deal. The Dallas Cowboys wanted a long deal. And now you you hear them talking about because the cap hit really hits you the third year, okay, what do we need to do to maybe extend Dak so that we can get some more financial relief. As we know, he's our quarterback, but he hasn't done enough to prove that he can do it without superior weapons around him. Daniel Jones is in the same place just a year or two um, you know, later than what Dak Prescott is. So in two years, we'll be having the same conversation. Did Daniel Jones prove enough to say that, hey, we've drafted well, that he doesn't need a superstar receiver. We don't have to spend a lot of money to go out and get an A.J. Brown. We don't have to spend a lot of draft equity. We can kind of – get good pieces, and he can be a plus a force multiplier. So that's where he is. In two years, three years, we'll be talking about Daniel Jones on this deal, about redoing the deal. Yep. Either it's going to be less money or it's going to be more money. He can become a superstar. If he becomes a superstar, he can go out and he can really hit the bank in, in two years at 28 years old. And see, and, and that's the thing. Right. You have to look at it because people get, you know, we were talking about this before the show. People get so hung up with the AAV. That's all you hear about the AAV. How much money is he going to get paid per year? That means nothing. That means absolutely nothing. You just said, look at the guarantees. That's what you have to look for in NFL contracts. It's $82 million in the first two years of the deal. 94 total guaranteed at signing. That's all you have to concern yourself with. And as Bart just said, after two years, Giants could get out of this thing. Giants could get out of this thing, and it's not going to be prohibitive for them. So what I'm saying to you is, as a Giant fan, be happy with this. I'm not telling you to lose hope in Daniel Jones. You know, root for him. Still think that he could continue to play good football. Maybe the best football is still to come for him. But I'm also saying 
proceed with caution a little bit, right, Bart? Because you may not want to go invest in the Daniel Jones super authentic $350 (laughs) jersey. Maybe you get the replica with the iron-on decals, the shrinky-dink ones, you know, the ones that only maybe cost you 100 bucks. because in a couple of years you might need to go buy a new jersey of a giant quarterback. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, here's, the, here's, here's all the Giants fans and all the haters that's going to call. Listen, we want you to call because we want to hear your opinion and we can have a spirited debate. But here's all you need to know. Because you signed Daniel Jones, you saved how many million dollars? Because because if you if you would have picked up his option, it would, how much would it would have been against the cap? Four million you saved from the fifth year option, but the franchise tag you saved right. fourteen million dollars for this season. But I just want them to know we we all would agree that. And we wouldn't, it wouldn't be any debate that Daniel Jones, if he had a fifth-year option, if they picked up the fifth-year option, he would be worth the fifth-year option, right? Right. So this is cheaper than the fifth-year option. So everybody that wants to call up here and say, hey, I can't believe you gave Daniel Jones $40 million a year. He's not that good. He's cheaper than the fifth-year option. Mm-hmm. That's all you – see, because you have to simplify, right? Yep. Because they, they, a lot of our listeners can't go deep into the – the football acumen and the salary cap and the prorated and all that stuff, all you have to say is he's cheaper now than if you would have picked up his fifth-year option. 100 percent need to know. And as far as Saquon is concerned, because we've got to talk about him because he's also part of this thing, he gets the franchise tag, non-exclusive, by the way, <laughs> just like Lamar not, – not to say – Yeah, anybody – yeah, yeah. two mates – Nobody's so like, well, yeah. so ain't nobody gonna give up no two first round no. draft picks. That's more valuable than exactly, contract. especially so not for running untu- back. So that's untouchable, right? Ten million bucks though. You you know what? If you have to play this year under that, if you're Saquon, it's good for the Giants. And if you're a Giant fan, you gotta like that too. Because guess what? I'm not sitting here wishing gloom and doom on anybody, but you have to be realistic enough to think that hey, what happens? What if we don't know? Say, worst-case scenario, Saquon suffers another injury this year or is not as productive as he was last season. And then, potentially, at the end of the year, if that's the case, you know what? No strings attached because he played under the franchise tag. You could let him walk because the worst thing is if you gave him that long-term contract and he's not productive this season, then you're going to be sitting there almost with buyer's remorse like Dave Gettleman was picking him second overall in the draft. Yeah, you, you listen, he had over 300 touches. And it used to be a time where over 300 touches... Close to 400 touches was the, was the kiss of death. We saw it with DeMarco Murray. We saw it with a lot of, you know, Sean Alexander. There was a lot of guys that had those, and then their following year was not nearly as productive. I mean, I think if they're smart, they draft they draft the running back in the third round to make sure that he can they can kind of push uh, Saquon and make sure that also you can kind of take some of the uh, pressure off where he doesn't have to be the entire offense. 100%. And, and look – For both of these guys, but more so with the quarterback, right? Because they made more of a commitment to him financially. Pressure is on. Make no mistake about it. The pressure is on now. No more excuses. No more, you know, still young, new coaching staff, all the no weapons around him. No more excuses. If you're getting paid, what Daniel Jones is now getting paid, you gotta produce, right, Bart? You got to if you want if you want to get that next contract, if you want to see as close to that buck sixty and maybe even more, even the thirty five million plus in incentives that stand to be gained for him, you have to produce. Hey, it's the same it's the same scenario that Dak Prescott, you know, was in. When he got the money, he had to win immediately. The issue is they have to get some weapons on the outside. I don't even know how many receivers that the uh, Giants have on the roster right now, but they gotta figure some stuff out. You know, they can be creative. Who knows? Allen Robinson is out there. He's available to get. 
Uh, you know that Brandon Cook is always available. I don't know if he's good enough to get. But, yeah, but he's you, been traded how many times, Brandon Cook? And, and, and the crazy thing is, this dude has eight thousand yards yeah. in eight years. And like so, it's not like he where he goes. He, he he just one of the he's one of those pieces that's good enough to date and even make your fiance. But when it's time to marry, like ah, uh, you know what? No, it's not you. It's me. It's not the guy. You talk about the receivers that are on this roster right now. David Sills is guys that, you know, at least did something in the past year. David Sills, they signed to a futures contract. They re-signed Isaiah Hodgins. Wandale Robinson, remember, he was a second-round pick last year, but we didn't see a lot of him because of injuries. And really and truthfully, that's it. Everybody else is a free agent. Everybody who else, else who got meaningful snaps for them last year, they're not guaranteed to come back. So you can expect as close to a complete overhaul in that wide receiver room as you could probably expect to see if you're a Giant fan because everybody knows, Bart, they have to upgrade the talent to give this guy the best chance to be successful. Yeah, and, that, and that's that's the hard part, and that's the Joe Shane part because we all agree that you know he doesn't have the weapons that he needs to be successful. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I wonder how I wonder how Wink Martindale you know, favors in here too, man, because you know he probably wants another corner. Mm-hmm corner that he loves a lot Marcus Peters mm-hmm. so you know that he's going to be probably maybe in the Marcus Peters sweepstakes you know maybe a cheaper option than Bradbury to go out there and get a, a corner out there but you know they got to get they got to be smart and they got to draft well and if you look you know yesterday was the deadline day for the franchise tags around the NFL it's interesting only six players got hit with the tag by their respective teams. Three of them running backs, right? It makes perfect sense because the economics, it's only $10 bucks. But you had Saquon, you had Tony Pollard with Dallas, Josh Jacobs with the Raiders. Evan Ingram, our own buddy, got tagged by the Jaguars at the tight end position. You had Deron Payne with Washington, defensive tackle. And by the way, he got tagged as a tackle, right? Not an end, because the ends make a little bit more than the tackles do, which yeah. is always a point of contention, I think, with those guys. And then, of course, you had Lamar Jackson. So only six guys. And the, the, the Lamar one, you know, we'll talk about it as we move forward here. But, you know, I, I, I think by comparison for what the Giants did with Barkley, it makes a hell of a lot of sense because that was the majority of guys that got franchised around the league. They were running backs. Yeah, I mean, because they know nobody in a good in in their right mind is gonna, you know, give up two first round draft picks for a running back. When if you got two first round draft picks, you can move up and get the guy from Texas if you like him that much, and it won't cost you two first round draft picks to move up to get him. He'll probably be right there, you know, around the teens. We got to hear when we come back. We got to hear from Daniel Jones. We got to hear from Joe Shane because they had their little press conference, little little Zoom vehicle this morning, talking about the deal. Yeah, the reaction, all that stuff. You know, hey, everybody's happy, right? You know, when you when you when that much money exchanges hands, you know, you got there and you got to put the smiles out there because hey, there's a lot to be happy about, of course. But we want to hear from you as well. 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. Closing the gap is what it's all about for the Giants. We saw how they came up short to the Philadelphia Eagles, right? There is a gap to close if you want to continue to take this thing even further than they did last year, which obviously is the ultimate goal. Do you think the moves that were made yesterday are going to help them accomplish that feat? Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.
10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. City's a buzz. Got the Big East tournament getting underway today at Madison Square Garden. The A10 over at the Barclays Center. Plus, we're talking football. Great time on the sports calendar. Bart, let's go to the phones. You want to hear from the people? Always want to hear from the people. Always want to hear from the people. Well, you know what? We're going to do that. We're going to hear from Cullum in the Bronx. He's going to start us off here on 98.7 ESPN. Cullum, how we doing? Oh, Weasel Susan Bartholomew, what's going on, guys? What up, what up? <laughs> so, I know this is probably a Jet-centric show with uh, with my guys here today, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the Giants and what they did. Bro, did you, you just know, tune in yesterday. our whole first 20 minutes? I know, I know, I know, I know. We said I think about the three Jets. It's going to be a three-hour show. I'm probably two hours and 30 minutes are going to be the Jets, but I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Oh, um uh, yeah, but with the Giants, I you know I obviously, I it's a little bit more money than you know a lot of Giants fans are expected. There's probably mixed reviews on it, but I guess right now he's probably what the seventh, eighth highest annual value quarterback out right now. But by the by this time next year, you got Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, and in a year or two, Trevor Lawrence. By this time next year, he might be the twelfth, thirteenth highest paid quarterback. It's not that. It's not going to be. It's not going to be as crazy as it looks right now. And you also, you also, you also look at it. They're going to have an opportunity to get more options out there. They definitely need wide receiver. They need interior offensive line help. They're going to have an opportunity to do that. You know. So I think it's overall. It's still going to be positive for the Giants. I think they're still going to be. You know, moving forward, getting better, and you know. But Daniel Jones got a lot of money, so he needs to prove it. Really quickly, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. He has to put up now. He has the money. He has his job security now. He has to go out and prove that he's worth the money and that he's a guy that you can build the franchise around. So it's going to be important. It's going to be interesting to see how what they decide to put him around. You know what I mean? And what they decide to put around. You talk about your know, interior offensive line help. They need that. You, you hope that Evan Neal can kind of be the the player that they thought he could be. Sure. And then you need him to step up and be that guy just in case. Just in case Andrew Thomas, you know, goes crazy and wants an uh, astronomical amount of money. Because now you can say, well, listen, we can just move him over to left tackle and go get another right tackle 
in, in, in free agency, which is usually a little cheaper because you don't know. Andrew Thomas is playing at an elite level right now, and you know you may not want to pay him that much money. But left tackles are important, right? I mean, if you, if you look at the NFL right now, the guys that you would pay, quarterbacks, yeah. pass rushers, mm-hmm. left tackles, and corners, those are the guys you pay. Yeah. More more than anybody else. So I think that there it's a premium position, certainly. Look, and if you're the Giants, you hope that Andrew Thomas picks up right where he left off this past season. Because right. remember, Bart, when he was a rookie, he had his lumps that first year. Now it was the COVID well, first season. Two years. Right, yeah. First couple of years. You know, he he had his lumps. So it, you if you want to look at Evan Neal and say to yourself, well, look down the other side of that offensive line. That's the case study to what Evan Neal could potentially become because Andrew Thomas was not a finished product his first couple of years in the league either. Of course, but the the thing is, like, you always want to have security in case somebody loses their mind and you can't get a deal with them because they become unre- unreasonable. You see that happening pre- uh, right now with Orlando Brown Jr. in Kansas City, right? But the good thing is, you you have two left tackles on your on your on your roster, so it's all about balancing the books. And now that you know, Daniel Jones took the, so much of that money. Now you got to ask yourself, okay, what's some potentially big contracts that we can have some trouble with? And one of them could be Andrew Thomas. So thinking down the line, you have to say, okay, it's easier to find a right tackle. Let's develop our our, our right tackle now that's that's capable of playing left tackle because he played at a high level. Mm-hmm. He's a high first-round draft pick, and that's security there. You know, the guy that I was talking about is uh, Isaac uh, Samola. You know, from Philadelphia. From, from Philadelphia. If you talk about improving your interior offensive line, you, you go out and get a guy like that because not only does he help your team, he also hurts the Philadelphia Eagles because they lost him. And listen, the gap has already been closed simply because Philadelphia won't be able to sign the 20 free agents that they have. And they're going to have to say goodbye to some tremendous players like Graham, potentially Fletcher Cox. And they're going to be younger, and that's, you know, the only th- way that Philadelphia can close the gap back is if they go out and they just kill it in the draft and they get you know two guys with those first-round draft picks that they have and they get some studs. All right, we're done talking about the Giants. Like the caller said, we're done. No more Giants. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm only kidding. No, because you know he, this is interesting too, and this is from our buddy Connor Hughes of SNY. This is why we talked a little bit earlier, you and I, and tried to break down this contract as best as possible and essentially look at it as a two-year deal. Right, Because here are the guarantees, by the way. Now, this is just assuming that Daniel Jones is on this team for the next four years. The cap hit we told you this year is $18.5 million. Then for 2024, it jumps to $45.5 million, $39.5 million in 2025, and then $55.5 million by 2026. There is no way in yeah. hell that he's going to be on the team, by the, or at least playing under these rules in this contract by then. The Giants can get out of the contract after 2024, if they were to release Jones before the fifth day of the 2025 league year. So think about that. It's essentially the way it's structured with all these front-loaded guarantees, yep. 82 in the first. It's a two-year deal. That's why everybody getting caught up in this AAV stuff don't. It means absolutely nothing. Concern yourself more than it. Look at it as it's an $18.5 million deal because yeah. that's how much your cap is getting charged this season. Look at it that way. Exactly. And, and – and- you know, they're not paid. Listen, our, the listeners aren't paid to know that stuff. You know, but it's important to know that you you feel like you got a good deal. So don't call up here about the AAV and where he pays and all that type of stuff. That's that's obsolete. You know, what's important is that hey, you got your guy signed. And you have an opportunity to go out and sign some weapons. And you know, Joe Shane did his did his dot did his job.
And remember something, in 2024, cap is going to go up. And then remember when the new TV deals are coming through. What is that, in a couple of years from now? Yeah, yeah, who knows? So when the By new- that time, YouTube would be – well, YouTube's already there. But you think know, about the other ones, though, right? I, I mean, like, so what is this? What is that going to do to the salary cap? Think about how much the cap is then going to go up once this money keeps coming in with the new television contract. So if you're a team right now signing a player like the Giants do with Jones or anybody else, if you're looking down the road and you want to push some of that money a couple of years into the future, you're thinking, well, what's the salary cap going to be come 25, 26? It's going to be probably a hell of a lot more than it is now. Yeah, you got to think it's probably going to go up. Probably, what did it go up maybe uh, – Five million this year. It's going to go up to two twenty-four. Now, by the t- by, the time Daniel Jones is t- about to get paid, it probably be up another ten to twelve million annually. I think that that's and then look. I think that that's how you have to look at it. And you know, the caller kind of alluded to it a little bit. Don't don't get caught up right now with what all the other quarterbacks are getting paid. It, it, look, it, it's no secret. There's guys that are going to get extensions this offseason. Jalen Hurts is going to get paid. Joe Burrow's going to get paid. Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is probably going to have his contract redone because, oh, after yeah. all, he's a two-time Super Bowl MVP. There's other guys that are going to get extensions, too. You know, Justin Herbert's going to get paid. So it doesn't matter what other teams are doing. Just worry about how the puzzle pieces all fit if you're a Giant fan that now you got your quarterback for at least the next couple of years and let Joe Shane and company worry about the numbers and how it all fits, but you have to be wary of making sure that you bring in enough quality, talented players to give this quarterback and to give this team a chance to be successful. That's all. That's what it's all about. It's all about. And let's see what this draft – listen, now, now if you're Giants fans, you're looking for next week to see who's coming in for visits and who, who they're going to sign in free agency because it's going to be a frenzy. Yeah, because the work isn't done yet. Like they, you know, like we said, you can't just run it back, right? You can't run it back with the team you had this past year. It wasn't good enough. It might have been good enough last year to go to the second round of the playoffs, but it might not be good enough again this year. Yeah, and if, even if your team plays at the same level they played last year, they're going to fall short because the competition is going to be a lot more difficult. And even your division, man, like we're going to get to it later, man, but if Lamar Jackson messes around and go to, 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 to the commanders or something like that happens – you, you're, you're in an arms race. You're in an arms race to be able to have a, a deep, talented team because you know injury is going to come somewhere. you got to have a deep, talented team with guys that are versatile and able to play different positions. And you you, you got to do a good job, man. you got to do a good job in making sure that you have some depth. All right, let's hear from Daniel Jones now. Uh, was there a point where he thought that maybe the deal wouldn't get done? You know, it's – my first time going through it, there's certainly a lot of an emotional component to it, you know, as well. And and uh, we went up to the deadline, as as you know, but it was good. You know, I think there was probably some points where you had more confidence and, and some points of time when you had less confidence. But, you know, it was always, you know, I wanted to I wanted to find a way to work it out. And that was the that was a goal. It was very much my mindset. You know, I'm glad I'm glad we did. I'm, you know, thrilled to thrilled to be back. Um, what about his asking price in these negotiations? Remember, there were a lot of rumors that he was asking for 45, 45 48. Dang. Yeah, all that stuff. So, so, so what about the asking price, Daniel? Yeah, I mean, I think I saw some of that. And, you know, there was plenty of numbers thrown out and some may have been true. Some may not have been true. So it's a negotiation that's, you know, part of it. But I'm glad with, with where we ended up and, and I'm excited about it, excited for the opportunity. I think it's a great deal for both sides and allows us, you know, to, to do some things going forward and, and uh, continue to, to grow and improve. 
You know what question I would want answered, Bart? And I know that Daniel Jones probably wouldn't give you a truthful answer, but it doesn't hurt asking. I, I would want to know, why did you change agents in the middle of all this? Well, you know, you know what that was about. That was about making sure he get the best contract, and maybe they were trying to settle on some things that he didn't think was true. And sometimes in some of these big agencies, you can get lost. Well, now, I don't know how a quarterback can get lost because even if a quarterback is average, right. <laughs> he's going to get paid more than the best defensive lineman or he's going to get paid more than the best off-mean linebacker. So the compensation and the, and the commission is going to always be right there where you want it. Yeah, if they're paying for lunch in the office over at Athletes First or whatever, you know, the quarterback, the, the, the commission from the quarterback contract is going to give you the <laughs> filet mignon and the lobster tails as opposed to what maybe the kicker's contract is going to give you. You know yeah, what I'm saying? That creme brulee, too. You know what I'm saying? Don't forget the dessert. The quarterback money gets you the creme brulee. Need a good three-course meal for short. Uh, lastly from Daniel, how does his deal uh, affect the Saquon negotiations? In a situation like this, you're you know trying to do what's what's best for you and your family, while while also balancing you know being part of a team and understanding the goals and the vision that we have as a team and as an organization, and and that was certainly important to me throughout the deal. And you know I think we found a way to do both those things and and to to do do the right way for for both sides. So yeah, that was certainly important to me. So, I mean Saquon, I've you know I've said he he means a ton to me as a as a teammate, as a friend, and and means a ton to us as a player. So you know. No, certainly won't. I won't talk about his business, but you know that was a piece of it too. Let me ask you this question. He, he lies so much. Well, I mean that's that's it's part Stop. of the game. Let me ask you this question: Who's wearing a giant uniform longer from today, Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley? Uh, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. I think he'll play better. Saquon Barkley. Listen, you, it's cautionary tale, right? We look at we look at Ezekiel Elliott, and we look at Ezekiel Elliott like man, he's lost his step, right? We all believe that Pollard is the better. Uh, player, correct? Correct. Ezekiel At this stage Elliott's of the only, game, yeah. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott is 27 years old, just so you know, right? That's what that's that's how fast they kind of start losing a step. They don't lose a step. Like, listen, I played with LT late in his career. Mm-hmm. And could he have flashes where he shows you the guy that he is and the guy that he was? Yes. But you, more of the norm is just you don't get those special plays. And Saquon Barkley – yeah, I think you'll get two to three, two maybe to three years of special play before you're looking for another running back to kind of replace him. And, you know, hell, Derrick Henry's on the on the block. Yep. You know what I mean? So, like, those are the cautionary tales. So you give Saquon Barkley a five-year deal, you better be able to get out of it in two. Well, do you remember – you remember Sean Alexander, right, the Seahawk running back? Yeah. Okay. We, we beat the hell out of him with it. Sean Alexander – for those that don't remember, won the NFL MVP. was running back. He might yeah. have been the last running back to win the MVP, as a matter of fact. Or maybe right. Adrian Peterson Adrian did more recently. Yeah. Yeah. AP, okay. But Sean Alexander, in 2005, he won the rushing title, ran for almost 1,900 yards, mm-hmm. helped the Seahawks get to the Super Bowl, and he won the Most Valuable Player Award of the league. He was 28 years old, Bart. He <laughs> never, ever had even a 900-yard season the rest of his career. Yeah, man, he shipped his ass to, to, to Washington. Mm-hmm. 100%. So that's what I mean. Like, you you just don't know. And that's why with the Giants situation, I know that everybody likes Barkley and he's the most popular player and, you know, the jerseys and he's the face of the franchise. But sometimes you got to make the tough decisions when it comes to the betterment of your team. And that's why handling it the way they did, I, I think, works out great for the Giants. I do. Exactly. I mean, they, listen – I understand that he's the sentimental favorite, and you know people love Saquon. He's such a classy guy. He does everything right, but you know a quarter a running back that has missed you know significant time. 
you know, three out of the four five years that he's been in the league is concerning. You know what I mean? So you have you have to ask yourself, you know, how much do we truly want to invest in him? Now you know that you're going to get good play for the next two years. I I would make sure I can get out of that contract after two years. Here's Joe Shane, the guy who got the deal done with the Giants. Now, you want to talk about lying through your teeth? Let's see what he has to say to this one. Can the Giants win the Super Bowl with Daniel Jones? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal. Everybody's goal is to to win a Super Bowl. So, you know, I think Daniel, you know, you look at, he played well his rookie year. He, you know, he played well for us this past year. I think, you know, the, the coaching staff has confidence in him. His organization, we have a confidence in him. And, you know, we're going to continue to build the team around him. That's the ultimate goal. That that See, that's not answering the question. The question was, can you win a Super Bowl with Daniel Jones? Not, of course, that's, I mean, Bart, come that's, on. Of that's course, that's the goal. Can you win one? I didn't get a lot of confidence in that answer from Joe Shane. Did you? No, nah, not at all. No. Listen, he understands he has to have a lot more work, and he doesn't want to put that pressure on Daniel Jones, but the pressure is going to come with the contract because people see that he's got $40 million a year. They don't understand the nuance of really it's 18 it's cheaper and he saved more money, all that type of stuff. Nobody cares about that. Now the pressure's on. Now we take the kid gloves off. Now the training wheels are off. Now we have expectations. We were optimistic last year. Oh, what can they do? They really don't have a great team. Dallas, we, we, everybody thought Dallas. Everybody knew that Philly was going to be good, but we thought Dallas would win the division. And, you know, that's still the case. You know, right now you still would rank the um, the Giants as third in the division. Yeah, that's probably. what it is. And with, with, with the commanders nipping at their heels. So think about that for a second, right? And, and I don't think that you're wrong either. So right now, Giants spent all this money to bring their quarterback back. They got Saquon on a franchise tag. Maybe they try to get a nice team-friendly deal done so it stretches out a couple of years. But as we speak right now, the Giants are still no better than third in their own division. So it's like they brought some pieces of the band back with the cornerback and the running back, but they didn't get better. And they might have to make some decisions where they have to maybe say goodbye to a couple of guys who helped them win this past year. And who's to say that the guys they bring in to replace them are going to be better or upgrade? So This is why I don't understand why you trade Kadarius Toney, because he was under contract and cheap. I, I really don't understand that one. You know, now he's a Super Bowl champion, and I know he wasn't healthy, but he played for them, and he played in the Super Bowl, scored a two. I just that's why I didn't understand you giving up on talented players like that because talent is hard to find. Something must have gone horribly wrong behind the scenes to where they just couldn't stand Kadarius Tony. They didn't think maybe he was committed. Remember, he wasn't able to be on the field practicing, and that probably got under Dayball's skin. And he was like, "Well, you know what? If this guy's not going to be available, I'm not going to waste my time and you know bring this guy along." Despite the fact that he was still under a rookie deal. He has talent. He could have helped you. Yeah, but he's, you, you could have him for the next three years. For nothing. <laughs> for nothing. But we found out what happened. And you know what? I'm not going to sit here and say we, – we don't know. We don't know what would have happened if he stayed a giant. Like, would, would, would Kadarius Tony have had a moment or two the remainder of this season if he played with the Giants that he had in the Super Bowl with Kansas City? Don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Uh, I would, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but what I'm saying is now you're searching for somebody like him, or with his skill set, and you know when you have a quarterback and you need weapons, I don't know if you want if I don't know if you give up on one that easily. Well, well, let's face it. Do you think if Kadarius Tony was drafted 
by Joe Shane and Brian Dayball that they would have cut him so quick? Not at all. No. Exactly. 100%. So, I mean, I don't think that it was anything like vindictive to where they said, oh, he's a Gettleman guy. we got to get him the hell out of here. No, I think it's they didn't have any personal ties to him. It's not like their record gets stained in a way if he doesn't work out. They're just, well, you know, move on. Next, we're going to bring on our own players, and this guy's really not helping us all that much. You know, they looked at it as addition by subtraction, whether it's right or wrong. Now, look, yeah. if Kadarius Tony goes out and is a super productive player for the next couple of years for the Chiefs, Giants look bad on that one. Oh, yeah, he's going he gonna to be a beast. You know? And, I mean, think about it. He may, he may not even have to do anything for the next couple of years, but the fact that he made a couple of plays that helped them win a Super Bowl, yeah. I think justifies it enough. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN. Bart, let's go back to the phone. Let's say hi to Dante. He's in Queens. He's up next year on 98.7. Dante, how we doing? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm a Giants fan, and I know you. I caught the part where you guys were talking about um, Kadarius Tony. What I have to say is, you know, because we heard a lot of rumors about his, you know, time with the Giants. Regardless of how talented a guy is, if he's just not motivated to play for you, he's milking every injury. I don't know. We, we, we're not in the locker room. We don't know what the issue was. Um, I'm hearing rumors that he had a lazy work ethic. Maybe he didn't like the culture, but then, you know, he goes to Kansas City. Miraculously, he's healthy. You see that in sports all the time. If a guy just doesn't like the culture there, doesn't isn't motivated to play for you, you have to move on. You can't put a gun to anybody's head and be like, hey, you better perform to your best ability or else. You know, it's that's just my take on it. But how long did it take, Dante, for them to make that decision? Because they put the trigger before, you you know, at the trade deadline. Right, so they had only known him for that long, so they they didn't get an opportunity to try and see if they can get it out of him. What I'm saying is, as a first round draft pick, you don't give up on that type of talent. And now, you know, Hicks' success will always be linked back to, you know, the Giants decided to move on from him. And I think he can become the next Tyreek Hill out there. Um, he's going to get more of his opportunities. We'll see if they bring Juju Smith-Schuster back. But he's so talented, and they they're so creative in figuring out ways how to get him the ball. You know. And you had that. You had that explosive player that's con- that that was you know considered a Percy Harvin or a Tyreek Hill as far mm-hmm. as being able to have gadgets and you know be able to work out of the slot. And you you know you didn't believe at him, uh, in him from the start because what you did is you you drafted uh, Robinson, which kind of has the same similar skill set. 
Right. So they saw him as, yeah. and Dante, thanks for the phone call, they saw, you know, Wandale Robinson potentially as, okay, he's going to be our version of Kadarius Tony. Like, we didn't bring in Kadarius Tony, but this guy could do those same things. And look, what did he play? 10 games, 12 games, or whatever it was as a member of the Giants I over those rem- two years? I just remember the one when he played against Dallas, and he was clearly the best football player on the field. Not the best receiver. He was the best football player on the field when he put up like 180. We've seen so many examples in the NFL, right, to where you just don't give up on talent. <laughs> Look at and, Evan Ingram. Exactly. Well, I mean. <laughs> I mess with you. <laughs> Evan Ingram, think about it. Evan Ingram, boy, think of how his fortunes have turned around. We told you, he got the franchise tag here for Jacksonville, had a good season last year. Now he's going to get paid a little bit. But we've seen guys who have ability, who've got talent, you know, who – don't necessarily have everything going in their favor, playing every game, whether it's injuries, distractions, you name it. But the teams are willing to look the other way and to continue to ride it out because they're so darn good. But with Kadarius Tony, they said, all right, now we're good. We're going to move on. <laughs> Quickly. Like Quickly. Before, before the draft, they basically drafted his replacement. So I don't know what he could have done and what they saw that early that they were like, man, we're not putting up with this. And, I mean, you're going to base a lot of this – on OTAs and the yeah. off season because he wasn't on the field for much during the off season either, right? So that's so that's what I'm saying. And now you have to live with the ghost of Christmas past if he goes out and balls out. And you know, next year in his third year, where most receivers kind of really figure it out. You know, he came in and he had the whole feet thing with he didn't he didn't wear the right cleats or something. And he got blisters and all that stuff. You know, I don't know if they listen only 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 day ball and and Shane knows what what resource they exhausted before they decided to move on from and listen i i can remember you know coming in here and uh rex trading carry rose after carry rose had just got paid and carry <laughs> rose was a great player as well and you know he was a talented player that had got a, a nice contract a couple of years earlier you know by uh the previous regime he could throw and, a good party too yeah you know exactly <laughs> you know it, and he just wasn't he just wasn't a fit but, you know, you, you shed his salary cap when you traded him to Arizona because he had a big deal. You traded a cheap player. And, you know, I don't know what they got. What did they get for him in return? Did they get a fourth or something like that? For Kerry Rhodes? No, 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 no. Oh, for Tony. For, for Tony. Um, I tell you what, that, 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 player, that player better be a good player, a productive player. You pretty much gave him away for nothing. A third and a sixth for Kadarius Tony. Well, that third-round pick better become Leon Washington or somebody like – it better be somebody productive. Somebody better become Marshall Yonda. Marshall Yonda, hell of a – by the way, have you seen Marshall Yonda? You talk about a guy who doesn't look like Marshall Yonda, the football player anymore. That's him. Yeah, looks like a bobblehead. You know what I mean? Him, uh, uh, Burks, uh, Alan Fanica, all these guys look like bobbleheads. Now they then lost weight. They were like 225, but it's funny because their head – you didn't realize how big their head was because their body was big. Now that their body's small, their head looked humongous. The other dude, too, um, he was an offensive lineman. Why am I drawing a blank? The offensive what? tackle for the Saints. Now he does their radio. Oh, it's Kyle – not Kyle Turley. No, 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 no. Um, God, what's his name? It's so many of them. Man. I know there's there's a ton of them, but and good you, for you, them. You either get fat, and the running backs usually get fat. You look at Shady McCoy. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, Reeves. You know, let's see what, <laughs> I love you, Reeves. You went there. Let's see. Let's see. You what went Reeve, there. Let's see what Reeves do before this. Uh, his 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 speech. As if he come back, get ripped up. You know what I'm saying? Well, he got me- well. He, he got measured already for the gold jacket, right? They did the measurement. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I'm telling him, nah, nah. I'm getting my old jacket. Nah, I'll be back to this shape, baby. 
Don't worry about it. Yeah, he's like, whatever. Reed, well, he got four months, man. Four months, you can take off 15, 20. Go ahead and take that off. Reed. Yeah, you take that sucker to the tailor, you get it hemmed a yeah, little bit because, there because, because Because the thing is, that speech, people going to always see that speech. That right. speech is going to live. Now, so they're only going to show you, though, from the waist up, though, on the speech. Nah, man. Nah, you, you, can, you can see it in the face. That's true. You know That's true. Yeah, but you like, also don't want to have, like, the remember the Ben McAdoo? Uh, his press conference when he had the oversized suit when he came when he was introduced. I rather have, I rather, I rather, I rather have a oversized suit in a small face than a perfectly fitted suit in a fat face looking like I'm eating uh, you know, dumplings. <laughs> like, the, like the Beetlejuice syndrome. You want the it, small head and the, the big it, it, suit. <laughs> exactly. Don't give me that, man. Thanks for listening to the Barton Han Show podcast. Listen live weekdays at noon on 98.7 ESPN.